Hello, listeners. We have some exciting news. Faith Foundation Podcast is having a full-day women's retreat at the Wilderness Center in Wilmot, Ohio. So mark your calendars for July 16th from 9 to 3 p.m. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on this podcast, bring some friends and come spend the day with me. Breakfast and lunch are included, and there will be scheduled times for you to personally connect with God out in the beautiful surrounding scenery. Follow the Eventbrite link in the show notes for more details and registration. Registration is open only until July 1st. Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. And I'm Quinn. Sorry, I almost what? forgot. I'm like so thinking about where we're going to go today. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, let's get it together here. Today I know, I know. We've, we've gone two weeks now talking about... Mm, the voice of God. The voice of God, you know, kind of knowing the will of God. Yeah. Like, well, how do we hear God speak? Yeah. And you've given us so much good, good, good information. And today, I think it's really going to be about the application. Yes. Like, how do we apply some of these things that we're learning? What does that really mean? What does that really mean in my day-to-day life? So um, should I expect Jesus to appear beside me and open the scriptures and tell me all about it? Should I uh, hear an audible voice? Mm -hmm. Will it be writing on the wall? Will it be, like, what does that look like Mm -hmm. for me? Like, and, and if you yeah. see or hear God speak one way and I hear him speak another way, is what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Right. You know, um, the thing I love about God is that he knows how we're made. And it, it's not a mystery. I mean, we know from uh, Psalm 30, 139 that he hems us in behind and before, that he, he knows when we sit and when we rise. He knows our patterns. He knows our thoughts before even a word of them is on our tongue. So, you know, he knows not only how to finish our sentences, he knows what our sentences are going to be. Um, you know, he knows what we're thinking. He knows, he, he knows us so completely. Um, and so, you know, there are some of us that, quite frankly, we're wired in pictures or we're wired visually or we're vi- wired through auditory or through, you know, being able to read something. Um, and so we're different. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we look at the whole gamut of people, we're different. Well, God made every single one of those nuances and differences. Wouldn't it stand to reason that when he connects with us intimately and on a case-by-case basis, that subtle there would be subtle nuances to how he connects with us? Because we are uniquely and wonderfully made, and he is the one that uniquely made us and knows us. Exactly. And that's amazing that we would have that kind of wonderful relationship with him. Yes. And the other thing, Missy, is that he's given us an imagination. Well, what better way to use that imagination than in connecting with the Lord? In, you know, sitting as I'm driving down the road to imagine that Jesus is on the seat beside me and to ask him questions and give him the opportunity to speak back. You know, to plug him into more my daily life. To sit down and write myself a letter and and try to go, Jesus, would you show me what you want to say to me? to this question, what would your response be? You know, and to see what comes to mind of the Bible verses that I've already done the work of putting into my life and my heart. 
you know, and to see what he pulls from his word to apply. Now, if I'm going to do that, Missy, I need to be anchored in the word, right? Right. Because I have to be able to discern what is consistent with scripture and what isn't. Because if I do that, I'm opening myself up for vulnerability, right? For the enemy or my personal internal voice to influence or sin's voice to influence. You know, there's a lot of other voices speaking at me, right? Absolutely. We spent last episode talking about God's voice all the way through scripture. His voice will be consistent to what we've seen him do. It will be consistent because he doesn't change. That's right. I change not. Right. So, you know, how God speaks into the lives of some of those people is probably going to mirror in some ways how we're going to experience him speaking into our lives. I would, I'm following right along okay. with you. So let's look at everything we talked about last week and let's look at the voice of God and kind of think how we would see that in our own experience. Okay, so the first thing we learned is that God's voice is powerful, right? Right. We saw it create life out of nothing. Mm-hmm. We saw it bring things into existence that weren't there before, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, so God is consistently throughout Scripture, we could say that except for the 400 years between the Old Testament and New Testament and his sending of his son, he speaks consistently. Absolutely. Okay. So God speaks consistently, but the question to ask is how much do I listen? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm laughing because that's that's me. Right. Uh, right. You right. know, and we've got examples of people listening for God speaking in Isaiah, for example, verse 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 8. Um, and, you know, Isaiah overhears the Lord say, whom shall we send and who will go for us? He's eavesdropping in on the Trinity in a conversation that God is having with himself. I absolutely adore that passage for this very reason that, you know, we can speak in and say, God, what about me? Hmm. Here am I. Send me. Love it. You know, so there's this element to where we can speak up and say, God, would you send me? I'm willing to go. Um, But the application for this is that I need to tune in to God through the spiritual disciplines. Now, Missy, I'm going to have some people that ask what? Yeah. What's the the spiritual discipline? What are you talking about? Prayer, reading the word, studying the word, memorizing the word, meditating on the word of God, Um, you know, serving in the body of Christ. Um, It's going to be things like fasting that we don't practice much anymore. You know, it's going to be things like um, silence and solitude, like creating space and opportunity to eavesdrop in on God, you know, to connect with God and see what he's up to, to ask God to speak into our lives, um, things like that. Number two, the second thing that we've learned is that God initiates in the lives of his people. So there are tons of examples in the Old Testament and even um, into the New Testament where, uh, quite frankly, sinners, God speaks into the lives of a sinner who cares nothing for him. You know, we had several examples of that, like Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar and Pilate's wife, where God speaks into their lives through dreams and through other things, and they're not questioning whether it's God or not. I mean, Pilate's wife runs to Pilate and says, listen, I just had a warning in my dream. Yeah, <laughs> You better pay attention. That's fascinating to me that the, they, they don't question that it's God no. at all. They know. They know. 
That, yes, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Now, Pharaoh, he didn't know until, you know, obviously Joseph interprets a dream for him. And then we have Daniel doing the same thing with Nebuchadnezzar and some dreams that he has. Um, and so, you know, you just have, I mean, and those are people that were not seeking God, not wanting God's experience. And, and so, you know, those obviously weren't the standard examples, but that's in the realm of what God can do. So, you know, I've heard stories where God just in the middle of somebody's sin in life and, and just headed in the opposite direction where they literally just have this moment that's almost like Paul in Damascus where they just feel like God shows up, he speaks, and everything's just clear. Um, and so that is definitely in the realms of God moving in the lives of people. Um, and so, uh, okay, so what else do we see here? Um you know, a lot of times he will speak into the lives of a person to tell them what is his future plans are. You know, um, with Moses and Abraham and some of those, he told them exactly what he was going to do. He just didn't exactly tell them how it was going to happen. You know, the, the details were kind of missing. Um, and so I think it's important to recognize that God sometimes will lay out plans and, and things for us especially if we're seeking his face and asking him for it. Um, I'll know it. I know in my personal life, he's given me about 10 to 12 verses that I just felt like he said, what I've called you to do will follow these verses. It'll be something that looks like these, um, you know, comfort my people, um, things like, uh, um, you will be for this people a wall of bronze. You'll be a sp my spokesman, that you will have a story to tell. And so there's just a, a lot of verses that God's kind of given me that kind of defined a vision of perhaps what he was calling me to be. And I honestly, if you look at the gifting and how I'm wired, it's like perfectly describes my wheel set or my wheelhouse, <laughs> that new word, wheelhouse, um, my skill set is com completely defined by the verses that God just kind of highlighted for me through Scripture, through my time of seeking Him and asking what I was made for, why I was here, how He could use me in His kingdom purposes and plans. Um, okay, so the other thing, though, that this comes with when God speaks into your life, there needs to be obedience. And so that's one thing you see very clearly in the Old Testament and in the New. I mean, when Paul, when Paul sees Jesus on the road to Damascus, there's immediate obedience. There's no questioning. There's no moment of struggling to surrender. It is just absolute okay. I get it. So, um, and, you know, you have that too with Noah. You know, he immediately obeys. You have Abraham. He immediately gets up and leaves. So, you know, a lot of times, biblical example, when God speaks into the lives of people, there's an immediate response of obedience. And so I think that's part of God's frustration in the Old Testament is when he sends his prophets and the people don't obey, he ends up having to bring judgment to bring them back into the boundaries of obedience that he has for them. And we often look at the back end of that, seeing the judgment yeah. and, and putting something on God that's not there. He is doing it for his purposes mm -hmm. of loving his his children back yes. to himself. And we see it as, oh, he, it's punishment. 
Yeah. And, that, and that's not what it is. It's the consequences of exactly what he said would happen if they didn't obey. Exactly. Um, and the third thing is that God is sovereign over his, wo- his word. Okay. And um, New Testament passage that talks about that is that um, God, when he sends his word out, it will accomplish the purpose that he set for it to accomplish. It will not come back void um, or worthless, like useless. So when God speaks and he sends out his word, it'll do, it. it he's sovereign over it. Um, and so what that also means is, so I should expect God to talk as he wills and wants to, and that I, my surrender is an absolute must at the voice of God. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, let's take that. The word of God is God's voice for us. It's the first place we should be going to discern the voice of God in his will, is the word of God and biblical principles. And so, you know, how, how on earth would I ever find God's will if I don't know what God's word says? <laughs> so, you know, you can't, I don't really think you can find God's will if you are not in his word. And if you're not focusing on keeping Christ the center of your life, I think if you're in his word, keeping Christ the center of your life, giving him moments to speak in specifically and intimately to who you are and how you're wired. If you're doing those three things, where you are, as long as you've walked in obedience to that point, you are right smack in the center of where he wants you, even if the world's falling apart. And I think that's been the most awesome thing of just knowing that I have followed God in obedience to this moment. So if my world is falling apart, it's because there is something God is wanting to do in and through me through this experience in this moment. So I can look at what's going on around me, and instead of questioning my God, I am looking for what he wants to do with my life. And so we're going to face illness differently. We're going to face struggles differently. We're going to face tragedy differently. We're going to face, you know, persecution, everything differently because we're going to recognize that I've followed God in obedience to this moment. That wasn't by accident. And he is a good God, even if this is a bad moment. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And anything we go through, even if it is an entire lifelong of suffering, it is but a moment compared to eternity. Mm. So even if I don't feel or see God's justice in this moment, if I have followed him in and through it, I can have confidence that even if it is just an eternity, he will balance out with justice what I'm living and seeing even if I can't see it. David had moments when he's looking at the Lord, and in those Psalms he's saying, how long are the wicked going to prosper? You know, will I see goodness in the land of the living? Mm. You know, he's looking at there, and then the one passage of how long are the wicked going to prosper, he gets to the point and he says, and then I perceived their end. Yeah. When I, you know, and it, he's talking about the being in the, the, the sanctuary the of the Lord. Yeah. You know, the, the um, light and momentary affliction, affliction James. from second, it's actually second Corinthians mm. four, verse 17 okay. for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us. They're working for us. A greater right? weight. An eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on yes. what is seen, 
but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So and again, that's 2 Corinthians? That's uh, 2 Corinthians, yeah, chapter 4, verse 17. And it, so the context of that is profound suffering. It is. And persecution. It changes your whole pers- perspective. That's, yeah. that's what that does, is it, it, it helps you to see, as you just referenced the verse um, of, of David from the Psalms where he saw the end. You yeah. know, he's looking further than, than the moment that you're in. In this moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, okay, so that's the third one is that God's sovereign over his world, his word. Uh, the fourth one is that God is the same yesterday, today, forever. So he follows a divine logic. Um, And it weaves the Bible together. So if you look at the Bible books as a whole and back out, there is one continuous theme from cover to cover, okay? And he has plans for me contained within his plan for all time. And so if you're following the big picture of Scripture, the divine logic is that God creates people for the relationship that he has with them. That is ruined at the fall. Satan is given the domain that was entrusted to man by man's choice. Mm -hmm. He chooses to transfer out of this relationship with God through his sin and now becomes under Satan's control and, and slavery, basically, that we're slave to sin now, okay? And so God, from, from far beyond that moment, he knows what's going to happen. So before he lays the foundation of the earth, he knows he's going to eventually send his own son to enter mankind's experience so that he can uniquely and completely qualify as the sacrifice that pays for their sin and restores that relationship through Christ's righteousness. And so that Jesus will stand before the throne as not only their creator, but also as their redeemer, their high priest, their perfect high priest, their sacrifice that redeems them, and forever their advocate on high. Mm-hmm. And we're given access to eternity with God through Jesus Christ. Um, And so that is the divine logic of Scripture woven together from start to finish. So you got to remember, application-wise, that God is always purposeful. He's not wasteful, and he does not make mistakes. So if God is speaking and moving in your life, one, it's because you belong to him, and you are uniquely created, uniquely important, and that he, even though we are insignificant in terms of how big he is, we are essential to his plan. So in our insignificance, we are completely essential to the plan of God. There is beauty in that. And understanding that God doesn't make a mistake when he made you. He's wired you the way he has. He's brought you through what he's brought Mm -hmm. you through. And sometimes it's because he's uniquely qualifying you to be able to do a specific ministry in the lives of another believer. Um, I will tell you the story I've walked. I know for a purpose that I've done some of the things in my life so that I could walk alongside a certain person or two in my world so that I could be used by God Mm. to make a profound difference that I'm not sure anybody else could have done because of just what he's done with this situation. And so to look at that, I look 
at one specific person and well, actually several in my life. And I go, what is God going to do in their lives? Because he's moved so many mountains to make sure that my life and their life are linked in some way. Mm. You know, I look at that with my son, Joshua, you know, the Lord brought him to me. And he gave him to me. And so there very much is just for him and me both this understanding that he's been entrusted to me. And he knows that God literally rescued him and entrusted and brought, gave me to him and gave him to me, you know. And so he knows that there is a um, just the hand of God that was on that. Um, and Lena, too, my daughter, too, they both know that God's hand was all over that. I prayed for 10 years for children. And so I look at them and I say, it is not by accident that it's you two. It's not because it's of not. the way things mm-hmm. laid out and the timing, even down to the phone calls that I missed and the one that I picked up and caught, you know, that timing, nobody could have purposed that. Could not have purposed that. Well, and I think about it from their end and the trauma that they came out of to come to someone who has a background and knowledge, not just uh, educationally, but spiritually, what you had to offer them, aside from the great love and the, and the wonderful yeah. just being a mom. I mean, aside from those things, added to that, yeah. these things that are uniquely you, because that's, that's the yeah. path God had you on. It's astounding. It's astounding yeah. and wonderful all at the same time. And it's also because the rest of their stories, they did come out of trauma. So there yes. is that trauma to try to understand. How do you understand that? How does anyone understand yeah. that? So to have you help them walk through some of that, both, I mean, physically, emotionally, yeah. spiritually, is incredible. It's well, incredible. And there were moments and experiences between Josh and I that God gave me insights that I knew what was going on, that I'm not sure anybody else would have understood what was fully going on in those moments. And they would have been scared. You know, I mean, that poor little guy with the knife, he was four and a half. And he looked at me with a knife and quoted what somebody had to have said to him. Because no four and a half year old knows that kind of stuff. You know, and I sat there and I went, okay, he's showing me what he's been through. And I looked at him and I said, buddy, I need to have that knife because they're scary. And until they're not so scary, until you feel safe around them, mommy's going to use them. I'm going to use them. And they'll be for big people until you're ready to be around them. And I'm telling you, I had a kid who was looking at me every time we went to a restaurant. You know that they hand you the wrapped mm-hmm. silverware? Missy, he was handing me the silverware, going, Mom, it's got a knife in it. Can you take that? Because he recognized that he truly didn't feel safe with a knife. You know, and it was a moment where he was really angry, and he had done what he was done because he was scared. Right. You know, and so, um, but, you know, God just gave me the wisdom to know how to handle that. That was not me. That didn't come from any counseling training. That was just me going, all right, God, what do I do with that? And it just was there. You know, but that would have scared scared the, the, the dickens out of somebody else, you right. know? And well, he'd have probably bounced homes over something as little as that. So, you know, for him to have been with me and God to have just given me the, the understanding of who he was um, was just kind of a God thing. Anyway, I want to move on a little bit because uh, I want to be conscious of our time today. Um, so God follows a logic and he's purposeful and he doesn't make mistakes um, and he's intentional. And then number five, God relentlessly pursues us because of his love for us. 
So grasping this helps me to know how to love others with the same extravagance. And so I think when we can truly grasp and understand just how much God pursues us, um, it, it helps us to love others the same way. Absolutely. You know, it helps us to know how to go after those that we are called to love extravagantly. Um, okay, and number six, the Holy Spirit's job is to help us hear and understand God. Um, I'm going to caveat this to say his job is not to give us an emotional experience. And so if the primary thing of what's happening is this emotional up and down roller coaster, um, that's not necessarily the Holy Spirit's job. His job is to help us to hear and understand God's word. It's what makes scripture come alive for us. Um, it helps us spiritually discern spiritual things and spiritual words. Um, we are not trying to hear God alone is the thing that we need to understand. This is not just us struggling to tune in to God and hear him. So in other words, if we if we don't connect with God or hear God at that level the first couple times we try or you know, we uh, we need to understand that it's not our failure. I think sometimes we try to connect with God and feel like we are failing God when we don't feel like we've been able to hear from him mm-hmm. or recognize that we're hearing from him. And so I think sometimes it takes some practice to tune in and know what to expect and recognize God's voice. It's true too. I think that sometimes we can feel as we hear others experience, we don't have the same experience Mm -hmm. that somehow we, we fail or we, we haven't got it right somehow. And yet all of the things that you've been talking about today and the things we've talked about, how God has uniquely made us should reassure us that we're going to hear God the way we hear God. Yes. Uh, And not, uh, not something out of, out of character for God, But, but certainly may not be the same as, as our brother or sister yeah. experiences. And that's okay because we're and, uniquely us. And let's talk about some of those differences because I've, I've noticed a couple of things as I've watched people connect with God. Sometimes they get more pictures and images and they see kind of this picture in their head as they're praying. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one way I've seen people. And those are usually people that are wired more through pictures and images. Okay, and so they'll get a picture of it. Um, there are some people that are more story-based, maybe even more drama. And so in their head, they may see a Bible story unroll, and they, they see themselves in one of the roles of mm-hmm. the story, and they hear God speak something that they need in the moment mm-hmm. through that story, through trying to put themselves in that actual scene. Okay, um, another way I've heard is I've seen people that can sit down and write and they can feel God kind of, okay, and they just feel like he's writing back, you know, and so they'll practice kind of more of a letter writing thing where maybe with one hand they write, you know, their questions to God and the other hand they try to let God control what's being written there, you know, and so they connect with God more through a word type thing. Um, I've seen others who... Um, he just kind of speaks into their thoughts, um, you know, and it usually starts with something like, I love you, you know, and it's small and it's quieter, but it's present. And they're like, what, what was that? That was weird, you know? And so there's a consistency across the board with that, that when God speaks, usually the first time it's assurance of love, assurance of that relationship, um, in some form or another, yeah. I've seen God use Bible passages to completely 
answer a question that somebody is just wrestling with. That in one or two verses, he completely answers um, something that seems so at odds, um, like forgiving an offender Mm -hmm. and having compassion for someone who's hurt you. Um, And so understand that because God doesn't do give you pictures doesn't mean he's not going to speak in some way. And he takes into account how you're wired and what your story's been. Um, for one person I worked with, she saw kind of an image of God using her imagination in prayer. Um, but God showed up and he was a pillow down below. Well, she had a horrible sexual trauma with men. And so God made himself safe. And for her, he specifically came how she needed him to come. Mm. You know, for another one, um, men weren't safe, and so he kept a safe distance where she could stay calm and everything, but he was present. And so, you know, I've seen God custom beautifully to what a person has needed in the moment to the point where I'm sitting there going, well, of course he did. Well, of course this is how he would show up. And, and, And I can't ever predict exactly what that's going to look like or how that's going to be because God knows his people. And if you give him the opportunity, he'll connect with you on a beautiful, amazing level. So I guess my thing I want to leave you with is don't look at me and say, well, God doesn't speak to me like that. Take a chance. He's made the imagination part of you. And as long as you've got a good foundation in the word and you can discern, you've got the foundation to be able to let God have your imagination for a moment, to give him the opportunity to connect with you on a different level, on a sensory level. Remember, God of the Old Testament, God of the New Testament, connecting with God from start to finish including revelation and heaven future is a full sensory experience complete. It's not a only through a book experience. It is a multi experiential multi-sensory experience. So if you've never tried to connect with God outside of the box, consider it, just consider Um, Thanks for joining us today. We really love putting these together for you guys. And honestly, we want to connect with you more. We are creating a listserv for the podcast of people's email addresses. So if you would, and you want to be on that, we're going to be kind of sending out emails with the different podcasts um, and events that are coming up and things like that. So um, if you want to be included in our email list, please drop us an email at openthewordpodcast.com at gmail, sorry, open the word podcast, all one, um, all lowercase letters, no spaces at gmail.com. We would love to add you to an email listserv, um, for the podcast where we can send you quick updates and send you information about other things that we've got going. Beth does some mentoring programs and, um, I am actually going to be doing a retreat in July, Um, Missy, you may even have some things that pop up now and again. And so we'd love to connect with you and be able to keep you up to date on the goings on. (laughs) So thanks for joining us. You guys have a great day.
is a time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps. Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.